Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Greetings, cartoon connoisseurs, and welcome to the Animation Conversation, where we explore the art form from pencils to pixels. And now, here are your hosts, Rusty Shackleford and F. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Animation Conversation. I am Rusty with... Hey, everybody. It's your old pal, F. How's it going, party people? All righty, F. So for today, we've got uh, a discussion about a... New IP for Cartoon Network. From what I understand, yeah. it is the first superhero for the for for the Cartoon Network, uh, sl- you know, uh, stable of cartoons. This will be the first superhero cartoon. Uh, not only the first superhero cartoon, but the first superhero comedy animated series to be produced in Africa. Yeah, mostly, you know, it's, mostly, yeah. It's 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 funny. It's uh, yeah. Th- um, cause there are, there are other productions that are out right now and that are coming out in the future and that ha- have been out in the past that have, um, you know, kind of tried to brag, Oh, we're the first African cartoon on, on this channel or that channel. And then if you do any research on them at all, um, you discover that, that you know, yeah, it was created by someone from Africa or the head writer is from Africa, but then absolutely everything else is done in either Europe or, you know, elsewhere, Absolutely. which, you know, it's, uh, whereas, whereas this show, it's your new favorite cartoon, garbage boy and trash can. Um, this, this was made apart from me. This was made entirely in Africa. And I was the, supervising director for it it's the first time i've directed a show for cartoon network and okay. um yeah apart from me and a like maybe one or two other main people um the entire thing was done in africa the creator is uh is nigerian he's ridwan mashud um and he created it fully like designed it wrote the first episode, you know, he, he's the creator creator. It's not like he just came up with the idea, pitched it and Cartoon Network said, Oh yeah, we'll run with this. No, yeah. he full on created it, designed it, wrote for it. Um, and, and in addition to him, the studio where we did the animation is in Africa. My oh, wow. storyboard artist is African and in Africa, like this is for, for all accounts, from what I can tell, 
the first fully African cartoon to be sort of nationally distributed this way. And that, that's kind of awesome. So uh, let me ask you this. What, what is the significance of that in the animation community? Uh, Cause uh, I know it's, I know it's a really significant thing and, and it might, it might seem insignificant to, you know, from the general perspective, but uh, from your perspective, what is the, uh, what is the significance of something like this being completely created out of Africa? Well, in addition to the fact that, that's a great question. In addition to the fact that, um, you know, Africa is a continent that um, people just always kind of speak as it, speak of it as if it's one big country. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, not, it's, <laughs> it's a million countries on a giant continent that, you know, takes up a third of the globe. It's, it's this huge place with, you know, a, a, a really just cornucopia of, of uh, cultures and people and and all this stuff. So the fact that you know Africa is a continent that hasn't really been tapped for that much in the way of um, you know inspiration in the arts uh, for for global distribution is kind of surprising. Now, of course, there's Wakanda Forever, but and and by the way, I I love those movies. They're they're great, but you know um, Wakanda is not a real country in Africa. So whereas the creator of this show is from nigeria he's he's an actual african and and a great kid and so the the way this came about was um cartoon network europe had some sort of global we're looking for the next you know new young creator contest and ridwan had this show and he pitched it and he sort of won this contest and um so kind of like it, a uh so kind of like the same thing that uh uh, you guys did with uh, some of the shows on Cartoon Network and stuff where it was kind of like, hey, we want, you know, 10, 15, 20 creators to come and show us like a short and then yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, and, and you know, the the other reason it's significant in, in a more sort of um, industry-centric um, terms mm -hmm. is when when you talk to anybody in the animation industry and they talk about, well, who do we outsource our animation to? Because... You know, and there's there's more and more, you know, animation is being done more and more in the U.S. again, which is great. But there's kind of no getting around the fact that animation has become a global industry. You know, it's it's lots of and that's what I've been actually doing for the past 15 years of my career is acting as a consultant for overseas studios doing international like co-productions. So well, that's awesome. That's a whole nother episode in itself. Oh, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's I would really love to actually hear more about that. That sounds really, really yeah. interesting. Cause it's that, that, that in itself is, uh, I feel like that's gotta be a really unique position to be in, in the animation industry. It is. I, I, and I feel like it's given me a perspective, not just of animation, but of the world in general that I never yeah. would have had before. But, but as I was going to say, the, when you think about animation, if you're in the industry, if you think about animation, you know, back in the nineties, the first place you would think about as a support country for the animation industry is Korea. Everything got shipped to Korea. Absolutely. Everything yeah, absolutely. Different. I've learned a little bit about that uh, during the my, my King of the Hill podcast. Uh, I learned uh, quite a bit about that talking with uh, Wes Archer. Uh, he kind of told me a little bit. I didn't mm -hmm. get a, a formal interview with him, but an informal conversation. He said that, you know, back in the day it was crates 
They would have to send crates yeah. and crates. And he said the shipping would just be astronomical. Oh. He said just the well, shipping budget alone was, you know, it was insane to look at just to know they have this much money allotted just to send boxes of papers to, to Korea. So, yeah. yeah. No, it, it was it was insane. During the course of my career alone, uh, we went from literally sending just just stacks and stacks and stacks of storyboards um to everything being sent digitally and and it seemed to happen overnight Did, so, was but, there ever like so a not weird only, not only would they weigh three thousand tons but it would take a month to get there yeah was there like so, an intermediary inter intermediary phase where you were sending like hard drives and like flash drives or did it just go straight from like paper to like digital it went straight from paper to we're going to email you this stuff. I mean, not email. We're going to put it on some sort of. Yeah, server. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a cloud, but, like a cloud kind of thing. But what, you know, the, the sort of the thing that happened in between those two things was for a while there, uh, I remember um, back doing a, a different show for Cartoon Network. I guess this is the second show I've directed for Cartoon Network. Um, a show called Hero 108, which I feel like nobody watched, but. When we were doing that show, I think it was, I want to say it was like around 2005 or something like that. We were still doing storyboards on paper, but we were um, faxing back and forth storyboards. Oh, wow. to, to, <laughs> I couldn't imagine uh, what that was like. Oh, it was, it was nuts because, um, you know, again, we, you just have to wait and wait and wait. And, and yet at the time you're we like, this is great. We're seeing the storyboards, you know, in only um, a week's worth of time instead of two months, you know? So anyway, the point is when, when you think, you know, back in the nineties, when you thought of animation and you thought of, you know, the international aspect of it and who does support, um, uh, who the support studios were for animation, everything was in Korea. Now, as the, as we got to the two thousands and mid two thousands and whatnot, the Philippines really rose to the occasion. And, and at some point that became the next place you would go to. So that was like, okay, now we're shipping to Korea, but the B team is shipping to the Philippines. And then eventually the Philippines got caught up and you were, you know, your A teams were in both Korea and or the Philippines, depending on what your show or movie was like. Mm -hmm. Then as things started to continue, India started to step up. And you hear about studios, big studios like Disney, Warner Brothers, like shipping stuff. And when I say shipping at this point, it's, I mean, you know, putting on their server to Indian studios to do support groups. So with the emergence of Garbage Boy and Trash Can, um, and I'm just going to ask people to Google it to find out where it's going to be showing because... Um, yeah, I'm not uh, really it, sure it, yet either. I don't think they've kind of defined where it's going to be at. I well, really hope that American audiences get it on... Uh, Cartoon Network or something like that. It'd be cool for it to to make it this far. I'm pretty far. sure they're gonna. I'm pretty sure they're gonna put episodes of it on their YouTube channel too. And I'm gonna be yeah. promoting the living crap out of this. So and I'll be if, doing the same thing. Yeah, we'll uh, the animation conversation yeah, vehicle if, be if pushing you, it too. Yeah, if you just you know, uh, and I've said this a million times. I'm I, I promote stuff like crazy. So if you just um, go to my Twitter page and my Twitter page is at Fountain Cartoon on Twitter, I'll be promoting it endlessly. So if, if you're out to give it a gander, that's where you should go for now. Yeah, anyway, for sure. so, um, so yeah, so the, what's significant now in terms of the industry is that Africa is now, you know, this, this is one of the first shows yeah. 
uh, I feel that I've seen where we found a we found a studio that was kind of an up and coming studio. They're called Magic Carpet. And when I say up and coming, I mean by by African standards, they they're a, a very reputable, you know, fantastic studio. But they had uh, they had never done a cartoon for Cartoon Network meant for a global audience. And mm -hmm. that's where I came in. That's that's kind of okay. why I hired for this job. So you came in to kind of like uh, help help uh, help bring them to an international like stage type yes. of thing. Now it was it was very well established at the get go that we wanted you know they wanted the cartoon to take place in Africa and they wanted it to be Africa centric, mm -hmm. but we they wanted it to be done in such a way that, that people could enjoy it anywhere, just the same way American cartoons are, you know. Yeah, for sure, um, absolutely. You don't you don't have to be an American to enjoy Dexter's Lab. So, and so the reason I was brought in is because I had been you know sort of acting as a consultant for these international co-productions for the past 15 years. And um, they, they needed someone to oversee it. And so my title is supervising director. And what that basically means is um, the creator of the show, Ridwan, he's, he's the director of the show, but he's a really young guy. Yeah. And this is his very first cartoon. So my job was to mentor him. Oh, and, awesome. That must be a wonderful experience getting to share, oh. share all your knowledge. I mean, that's one thing that I like. Uh, I mean, I, I relate it to parenting. That's one thing that I really enjoy is passing on knowledge down to people that, you know, like my son being younger than me and then watching him take that knowledge, compound on it and then do it better than I did. That's the kind of, the kind of stuff that I like to see. Yeah. No, absolutely. And what was great about Ridwan and by the way, we're folks, we're going to have him on the show. That's a done well, deal. There you go. Um, that's the exclusive. Yeah. No, the the thing the thing about uh, working with Ridwan is I've had occasions before where I was the you know the right hand man for the creator of a show, and uh, especially a lot of times when they're younger than I am, one of their first instincts is, you know, well, what are you going to teach me, old man? You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a little it, it yeah, can yeah. it can be slightly combative because it's the and by the way I understand that it's their show and one of the reasons a lot of them react that way is because if a network says to you, look, this guy's going to be your supervising director, even though you're the creator of the show, a lot of directors will swoop in and go, well, I know you're the creator, but here's my vision for the show. Yeah. 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 It has never been my bag. And I would have never have guessed if you, if you would have told me that you did that kind of stuff, I would have never believed you, you know, like no, you just don't no. seem like the kind of guy that would uh, come mm -hmm. in and change somebody's vision just because uh, I don't know. I feel like people that would do something like that. It's just based in narcissism and arrogance. Oh. Uh, they're jaded in a sense that maybe they didn't get to create their own show and get to ride with their own show. But that's one thing that I appreciate about you is that you foster everything. You want people to succeed. You want people to be better than you. You don't, you don't take competition. Uh, it's not competition to you. Uh, I don't see you as somebody that is necessarily competitive in that sense. You want everybody to be able to work together and everybody to, you know, it makes, it makes for better TV. It makes for better yeah. shows when everybody is cohesive and gets along. You can tell on certain shows right away when it gets, you could, you could see just how a show starts to slide off the hill and you could tell, okay, well, something happened here. Something had to have happened in the studio. Somebody had to have left something. You know, yeah. you could just tell in shows sometimes when those kind of things happen. 
Yeah, and and um, you're you're one hundred percent right. And thank you for all the compliments. If uh, if you guys uh, you know ever want to hear about the the aspects of my personality that are uh, are intolerably awful, uh, I'm happy to talk about those. But this <laughs> is one of them. I like teaching people, and I like see, seeing people get excited about learning. That was one of the great things about Ridwan right out of the gate was there was no ego. You know, there was no, he was just, he was a big fan of my work, which was really nice. He was a huge fan of the Fairly Odd Parents. He was a massive fan of Gendy Tartatovsky and, and huge fan of Dexter's Lab. And in fact, we, we sort of, you know, snuck in a, um, a, a quasi Dexter cameo in the show. I'm not oh, going to, okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to reveal it. You'll know. Well, I'm excited for that. Yeah. I'm excited to see that. But, um, but he was right out of the gate. He was like, I can't wait to learn. I can't wait to learn. I can't wait to learn. And so that just right out of the gate made it this wonderfully symbiotic relationship. And it's kind of weird because I've just, I did discover throughout the course of my career that the, you know, my, my next favorite thing to creating a show myself and running it myself is I like being the right hand man of the creative force behind the show like it's very satisfying i was butch's right hand on the fairly loud parents i was bob boyle's right hand on yin yang yo i was you know one of rob Renzetti's top board artists for that show and, and directors for that show so i like being you know right there at the in the fray yeah part. in the fray if you will yeah so so the fact that right out of the gate, you know, especially him being a younger guy, he he didn't resent having an, an older person, you know, kind of showing him the ropes. Not only did he not resent it, he was he was expressed gratitude like right out of the gate. And so we hit it off in a big, big way just right away. And so. So that was initially my job was to go, okay, kiddo, here's what you should expect. And here's what's coming down the pike. And here's what are our priorities. And, um, you know, of course, um, first things were first, we had to write the show. And in addition to a couple of sort of veteran cartoon writers, he and I were also writers on the show together. And what's funny is, you know, when the actual, actual script came through, um, it, it was about, it was literally 10 times longer than it should have been. And we were forced to, you know, make some really tough decisions about how to, how to make this thing shorter. Mm -hmm. And it was he and I, you know, as the creator of the show and the supervising director of the show who were in a unique position to do that. And we wound up rewriting a lot of the show sort of as we were creating it. Yeah, It's funny because one of, one of, if you watch the show, one of the sort of big emotional arcs that occurs um, is an arc that we came up with when we were probably um, two thirds of the way through production on the show. <laughs> and we were able to retrofit it in pretty, pretty easily. But um, so anyway, um, yeah, so that's, that's how it all began. And um, one of the, one of the great things about going back to Africa was we had the opportunity with you know Cartoon Network at our backs, and and by the way, it's Cartoon Network Europe that sponsored this. So okay. I, one of the interesting things about these international co-productions is that you're constantly juggling time zones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. So whenever we would have <clears throat> once a week, we would have a, a meeting with the network, and they were in France, 
the creator was in Nigeria. Um, the producer was in South Africa. And then I, of course, at the time I was in New York. So <clears throat> we were dealing with all these different time zones and it was, it was that, that's just part and parcel, you know, the craziness of doing these international co-productions. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, so uh, anybody that wants to check out some of the other stuff that the Magic Carpet has uh, created, you could go to magiccarpet.studio. That's their website. Uh, I am going to make it a point to go and watch a couple of these things myself <clears throat> when I get home. Uh, there's one called Sip, Super Dad, and Meet the Igues, and then... The Passport of Malam Ilya, I think is how you pronounce that. But, uh, yeah, so y'all give those a, try, a check out. So I guess the, the let's see, uh, how long has Garbage Boy and Trash Can been in production then since they've, because they, all the articles say that they've just green-lighted it here in June. Uh, what's, what's the timeline on, on this, and uh, how much longer do we have to wait? Or if you know, I'm pretty sure you might not know, but if you do know, how much longer do we have to wait till we actually get to see the first episode? Now, I, I think the first episodes are dropping mid-July. Now, I, I'm okay. pretty sure that's when they're dropping in Africa. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a little fuzzy on when they're going to be available to everybody, but I I was led to believe that you're going to be able to watch them on uh, the Cartoon Network Africa YouTube channel. Well, the beauty of the internet is, is no matter where it drops, no matter what time it drops, <clears throat> and no matter what country it's in... Uh, We'll uh, we'll definitely get to watch it, so that's cool. Uh, yeah. So, what's the timeline on like the the production then? So, how long? Because you said you were in New York, well, and as, all I've heard you talk about is yeah. North Carolina. So, yeah. No, I I was when when this first came up, I was living in New York, and what's funny is, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, I it had been a while since I had done anything for any of the major networks like i had been doing just lots and lots and lots of pilots for these international co-productions and so i was very excited at the prospect of doing a cartoon network show and i believe it was around either 2017 2018 that they first approached me about it and they were like are you interested i'm like absolutely i love this this sounds great um and what wound up happening is, again, because you're dealing with Europe and Africa and the States and all this stuff is there was just so much paperwork that they had to get through mm -hmm. that I think it was towards the end of 2018 that the deal was finally struck. And uh, I finally like, you know, met Ridwan and we had some creative powwows and we had gone on over scripts and i think we had even started writing scripts and that sort of thing and so that's when that all began and then right around the time when we were really truly 100 percent ready to start making the show covid hit. yeah covid yeah yeah yeah. you said that when you started saying pre-covid i was <laughs> like okay so i'm gonna imagine covid probably has some kind of factor into this somewhere right as most now, things in that time frame it does yeah yeah now by this time i was frantic to get started i was so excited to get started yeah. and so i was like whoa so yeah i know we're all freaking out because there's this global pandemic uh, but we're still making the cartoon right and, and <laughs> yeah. figuring you know look we're we're doing this virtually anyway we don't no one's going into the office right we can why stop this, yeah why would right? you stop when it nothing really changes yeah because 
because the fact of the matter is this was still a Cartoon Network show, which meant that we had to report practically every day to the network and everything was closed down. There was no one, we, even if we had been making the cartoon, there was no one there that we could run it past. Yeah. And, and most of these bigger studios had not really like ever tried doing anything like this before. And, and like by the time, you know, six months had gone by in COVID, I feel like all the studios had sort of gone, okay, here's how we can operate this virtually and everyone can work from home. But for that first six months, no one was doing anything. And so the brakes were just slammed. And it wasn't, so that was about, you know, the latter part of, two, I want to say 2018. And then we didn't actually get called back into action um, until, you know, I want to say the end of 2021, beginning of 2022. Oh wow, that was a long hiatus. No, it was. It was. I had given up on it to tell you the truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, you already hung your hat on that one. Yeah, yeah. And every now and then, uh, the producer in South Africa would email me, and he's like, "I think we're getting really close. I think we're getting really close." And again, my whole thing was like, "Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I guess we'll see." Um, But then it, it finally really did start happening, and once it really got the ball rolling, uh, it was just gangbusters. and what was great was it was around that time that they were like, okay, now we got to find an animation studio. Now we got to find a storyboard artist. Now we got to find all these things. And it was great yeah. because for the first time in a really long time, a major network just let me run things the way I knew they should be run. And I bet that was beautiful, especially after being a veteran in the industry. And you were at the industry in a time where uh, these kind of things that weren't happening, like it, it just, right. it just, uh, it, it wasn't fiscal. It wasn't, it didn't make fiscal sense to executives, uh, for whatever reason. And, uh, that's gotta be a beautiful thing just to, just to, just to have a job that you're supposed to do and you go do it without any kind of like harassment or anything otherwise. Cause that's one of the things like that really bothers me at any job I've ever had is people micromanaging a job you taught me to do or a job I know how to do. It's like, you taught me how to do this job. Now, right. why are you standing over my shoulder every five seconds saying, Oh, we'll do this this way or do this this way when I'm doing everything by whatever guidelines you have set for me. And, uh, I don't know. I think that's a beautiful thing that you get to just like stretch your legs and, uh, show what you're good at because you're good at it you're you're you know you're proven in the industry obviously that you know they wouldn't you wouldn't have spent 15 years working on international co-productions if you didn't have some kind of talent at what you do so i think that's a great thing when people just leave people alone creatives especially creatives especially that's the thing about about doing pilots though and and that's mostly what i was doing for these international co-productions is it was almost always pilots and when you do a pilot it's hard to point to and say, look what a great job we did, because you can't really point to it and say that unless it's already a successful series. And you can't do that with pilots. And and generally, because of the non-disclosure agreements, it's not like you can put the pilots in front of people and go, you see this? This is this good because everyone left me alone. It, you just never have the opportunity to do that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really, I was really grateful to Cartoon Network for, for letting me sort of Um, put together a pipeline that I knew would work. And by the way, to their credit, the whole purpose behind Garbage Boy and Trash Can, in addition to, you know, sort of dipping their toes in the African waters, is they wanted a return to form for the classic Cartoon Network style show. Yeah. 
Ridwan is an absolute freak for things like Dexter's Lab and and what have you. He's a huge Dexter's Lab fan, and you can see it in the style of the show. And one of the things that I said to him out of the gate was, you know, look, just like all those guys from from the Two Stupid Dog days and from the Dexter's Lab days and from the Powerpuff days, you know, in the first seasons of all those shows, they had very limited resources. And I said to him, I'm like, we're going to have very limited resources as well. This this production is going to have everything working against it. But I guarantee you we can do a great job, but it's it's going to have everything working against it because we've got all these different time zones. Africa, uh, in in most of the countries that we were dealing with throughout, they have regular blackouts where they're just without power for hours and hours on end. Oh, wow. That and, was that's got to be really hard to deal are, with. Those are just those are just the scheduled blackouts. There are lots of unscheduled blackouts, and there's just there's all kinds of stuff that you have to contend with. Never mind the fact yeah. that you're also dealing with the fact that everyone's in different time zones. Like I would have to get up for conference calls at like two o'clock in the morning, and you know, and and we would all have to do that. You know, we would we would sort of pick whose turn it was to you know get on the conference call at at two a.m. So you know there were just there was everything working against us. The fact that none of us have been in the same room as one another um we had to find an animation studio you know sight unseen and but what was great about that was i said to him i'm like we're not going to try and make this show anything that it isn't we're going to be exactly like those guys were back in the day who had limited resources and did great stuff with it anyway and so one of the initial sort of mandates that i put forward when we were finding storyboard artists and and background artists and and the animation studio was um i was like we're we're never going to be able to afford the best studio in africa we're going to look for the second best studio in africa or the third best we're gonna, like we're going to look for the up and comers you know yeah, yeah, yeah. those are the ones, those are the ones who are going to be the most enthusiastic and yeah, it's like um, college sports. It's like watching college right. sports compared to professional sports. They're not. They're not. They're not making you know, you know, the twenty or thirty million dollars a year to do whatever they're doing. They're they're in there passionate about what they're doing. They're they're producing things that they are proud of and things that they are their heart is in and they're they're emotional about. And that's what you want. I feel like yep. with limited resources, it's it's better to have the passion with the limited resources because if you have enough passion, enough determination to make something happen with limited resources then then you're going to be great imagine you know yeah. when they get to the point to where they are given resources like let's say gindy for example now that he yeah. has the world at his fingertips as far as resources go he's cre he's he's able to create these like this show out that he's got out now is just i don't know it's it really has changed my like perspective on anime it's like the next phase of what to expect i feel like for the next generation of animation and it's uh i don't know it's beautiful to see that in new people too like i'm really excited right. to see what rwan uh continues to create i hope that he gets to make more shows you know uh uh, throughout his career or be a part of great shows because this uh this garbage boy thing i really think is uh i think it's going to be a really a really big show for kids because uh again you know it's the the it's a superhero thing but it's a superhero for kids it's not like yeah. superman well, again, who's targeted to middle-aged men you know it's it's a kid's show about a kid's superhero well and again stylistically and in terms of the way we approached the humor and the story 
um, you know, it's it's a return to form for Cartoon Network. People who've been kind of missing that old school Cartoon Network style are definitely going to want to tune in and give it a shot because that's 100% what we were going for. And one of my um, one of my biggest sort of things that I'm proud of with regard to this production is you know, apart from Ridwan, if there's another person who also stood out as a real superstar in this thing, it's my board artist, Miles Malumbo, who, again, he was not very experienced in storyboarding, like, at all. In fact, this may have been, I know he went to school for it, and I know he studied it, but I think this was his first bit of real-world experience, and there was a turning point where I had the option of either going with Miles or going with someone who had a ton more experience, but I could just sense that they were going to be a prima donna and yeah, that they yeah, were yeah. going to be—they weren't going to be open to you know sort of following my lead and letting me teach them. Whereas Miles was just could not wait to get started, could not wait to learn. That's what and, you want, though. Is you want the you want the less experienced, hungry guy because you could mold yeah. him, you could shape him, you could you could really like protege yeah. those kind of people a lot better than you could oh. somebody who's you know it's it's like telling somebody who's been doing doing something for ten years. Well, you know you you could do it this way. The way you're doing yeah. it isn't wrong, but there's better yeah. ways to do it, and they don't want to hear that. You know, somebody's been been doing it for a long time doesn't really like hearing a lot of criticisms, and, and that's where you get your prima donnas. I'm not that way. I, I, I like. <laughs> To try to approach life is there's always something to learn even if i'm a professional at it even if i put my ten thousand hours into it there's always something because everything evolves and changes like animation you've had to learn constantly throughout your career to change with the times you know to adapt with new technologies adapt with new new methods and things like that of doing things and uh i feel like those are the people that survive you know the people oh, that yeah. are willing to adapt to new things in their environments uh, not, you know, in a, in a, in a grand sense, not just, uh, specific to animation, just in life in general, if you always approach every situation that you're in as an opportunity to learn something, then, uh, then I feel like even, even the shittiest of experiences can end up being <laughs> good experiences because you take something from everything, whether it's bad or good, you know? So, uh, Oh, yeah. absolutely. And, and make no mistake, you know, no, no production, uh, no cartoon gets made without, uh, having production woes and without having, you know, fires break out that need to be put out and, and um, you know, massive major problems that occur. And it was those those were the moments where I had to, you know, sit Ridwan down and go, look, uh, buddy, this is your show. This is your time to you need to step up to the crew and you need to be like, hey, everybody, we're going to get through this. This is OK. We got this covered. And, uh, you know, that that was really rewarding. And, and again, this is a show that had everything working against it. And, you know, now it's now it's finally coming out. And I'm I'm really excited. And one of the it's funny because it was during the making of this show when we really kind of got into a, a state of, you know, we were kind of running on autopilot. We were doing really well. Everyone knew what they had to do. Everyone was kind of yeah. in good communication with one another. And we were we were running like a well-oiled machine. And it was during this whole time that I was sort of looking at this going, wow, you know, look what we are accomplishing with a studio that none of us have ever set foot in, um, people scattered all over the world, and a, a lot of them unproven talents. You know, look at this great thing we're making, and and we're all doing it virtually. And so it was during the making of this show that I got sort of first got the thought to myself, 
it's like, gee, I, I wonder if I could set up a virtual animation studio just using Oh, so Twitter this is the seed then. So this is the seed oh, for the absolutely. for for the yeah. realizing and, and, how and, easy it was. Well, not easy, but realizing how doable because it you know everything's yeah. got a challenge. But realizing how doable this digital world is uh, yeah. for for this kind of thing, you could create your own virtual whatever. There's there's virtual there, there's people I know that uh, uh, never met. There's like three guys that I know that do music together. They've never met each other, yeah. but they produce a band's worth like music together as a band never even been in the same room with each other. So yeah, like, it's such a crazy world that we live in where we could do these kind of things and we could reach people and we could be communities in ways that forums never let us be. You know, this is so much different yeah. than like the online forums of the nineties. And, uh, it's like, you could have your phone and you could be in a room with 20 people on your phone talking to 20 yeah. different people at one time. It's just, it's insane. The, what that allows for creators to do, it allows creators to put themselves in people's living rooms you know, like it's like Twitch and all the streaming stuff that goes on now and right. all the content creation just in general. It's 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 our world now. As yeah. far as creators, it's our world now, you know. Well, and that that raises a major a major point, because it was it was when we finally, you know, finished post-production on this that even though I'd been sort of ruminating, it's like, gee, I wonder what it would be like to start a virtual studio. You know, by the time we were done with this, I was so happy with the results. I was like geez, if I can do this for a major network, imagine what I could do if I didn't have to answer to anybody. And by the way, Cartoon Network was great. There's not, they, they were great to yeah, work with. Yeah, but it's still different though. But, I mean, it, you, you still, you still got to answer to somebody. To, There's still a chain of yeah, command. You, yeah, there's right, still a budget still with executives and yeah. And that's what made me, and that's why now Fountain's Pen Production exists. And that's why we we've got a team now of 120 people all making original cartoons. And so this is, you know, Garbage Boy and Trash Can is significant in, in so many ways. Wow, and I, 120, and I you said? That's like yeah. doubled since the last number you gave yeah, me. I know. Wow, that is awesome. And and what's funny is I'm I'm hoping that people look at Garbage Boy and Trash Can and go, wow, look what they did in Africa. Maybe we should think of taking our program to Africa. Maybe we should think about how we... Re, how we structure our pipeline because you know we we had a pipeline that ran smoother than any production i've ever been on and it was because they they let us do it the way we knew we needed to do it and and like i said it we managed to do it even with everything working against us so you know this was sort of step one for my little bid to help change the industry a little bit and now step two is Fountains Pen Productions, where we're going to show the world, you know, hey, look, when when you really like sort of uh, uh, let us cut loose, look what we can do. And yeah, I so really think it's going to, uh, you know, uh, for everybody here, we get to, I get to be, we get to be on the ground floor. So like, get in while you can, because you 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 might get to, and I I don't even say might, I have like all the faith in the world about it. You're you're going to be a part of something that is revolutionary for the animation industry. This this will be F a creator showing executives that pencils and paperwork and stuff is 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 all good and grand, but without these guys here, without the creators, and that's, that that goes to like the the strikes and stuff that are happening now and stuff. Like without these creators, 
computers are never going to make what these guys make. You can never put a uh, prompt into an AI generator and hit enter and create anything as beautiful as what these what these creators create. And I think this is a great example of it. This garbage boy and trash can. Uh, it, it's it's a great example of creators just showing what they can do when there's 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 just, you know no thumb just pushing yeah. down on them to 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 affect that and I can't wait to actually see full episodes of it because I know it's going to be great I know any because anything that you've done that I've watched is great but not only that like aside from you I know it's going to be great because it, it's it's people who love what they're doing and anytime somebody yeah. loves what they're doing it's going to it's going to be a beautiful product and a, a beautiful show or something like that to watch and uh so i guess yeah, uh, well, you know i've said it a, a million times uh you know you can have a you can have a show set in africa you can have a show set in on the moon you can have a show starring you know uh pickle you can have a show starring you know somebody uh in any part of the world good is good you know, and absolutely. As you mentioned earlier, you can tell when you're watching a show where people had fun making it. And my my biggest hope is that people will walk away from Garbage Boy and Trash Can not only entertained, but they'll say to themselves, "I bet yeah. they had fun making." I'll that take it back to Two Stupid Dogs. Did. I'll take it back to Two Stupid Dogs on like a show that you could tell people were having fun making. That is yeah. a, that is a perfect example of three college buddies making a show together, kind of thing, on their first dive into the the real world. And right. it was just a, I don't know, it's just a beautiful, a beautiful thing I when I can't wait for us to have uh, Ridwan on the show because you know, one when when you're finally done with post production on a show, uh, you can kind of laugh at the pain, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. It's you, you can kind of look back at the hard times at getting the show done and just kind of look at all of the stress and strain. You can just kind of laugh at it. So yeah. it's going to be really good to have him on. And uh, sorry, at Fountain Cartoon. And I'll be I'll be giving you updates on when when you'll be able to watch this because uh, I I think you're really gonna enjoy it. Okay, there you go at Fountain Cartoon. Uh, that's where you can find anything to do with F and F related and uh, animation conversation related too. He he promotes the crap out of the show, and I I can't I can't, uh, right. can't thank him enough for being a part of this. Uh, so I guess now that we've got the beans on toast, the last bite would be uh, yeah. Everybody just keep tuned. We appreciate all the love and support. Uh, we're almost at 200 subscribers. Uh, I might talk F into doing maybe a, a giveaway of a drawing or something for the 200 subscribers. Uh, maybe sure. put y'all in a, a hat and pull a name or something. We'll, we'll maybe work on figuring something like that out. Uh, we do appreciate everybody's continued support, and you can find us at Animation Convo everywhere. Uh, and we just, I don't know, I just this has been such a surreal experience for me, and I appreciate your uh, continued contributions I, I just i just had this idea in real time and so yeah. i'm i'm gonna completely yeah get it out get it out you off. um if you send in fan art to animation conversation um uh if you send a drawing of me and rusty uh best drawing gets a uh free drawing from me of any character uh you want there you go I'll add that in the description too on this YouTube video. Also, uh, I don't know. It's just uh, it's been a Sorry, it's been a I great experience. No, everything. you didn't derail me. Uh, you didn't derail me at all. It's just been I don't. know, It's just still surreal for me every time that I get to talk to you about yeah. all these cartoons and stuff. It's just crazy because it's like this show is going to be watched potentially by you know uh, hundreds of thousands of kids potentially. You know, and 
I get to be a part of the behind the scenes part of that. And for me being a huge fan of animation, uh, it's hard to not feel emotional about it. You know, it's just so for me, it's just well, such that, an insane that's experience. What I think is, that's what I think is great about not just this show, but about what we're doing on, on the at animation convo Twitter page and my following your following fountains, pen productions. Like we're, we're starting this whole like little family of people and they're all kind of like-minded folks. And so we're not only making content for you, content like this, content that you can interact with, but we're also making cartoons for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know? so, so it's a great it's a great time to be a fan of cartoons because, and by the way, uh, everybody, if you're listening to this, when the next show comes up, you know, tune in when the on YouTube when the show premieres because Rusty and I are often there in the live chat. Oh yeah, always. Pretty- I, I try to spend at least you know the first twenty. I, I I don't. I'm not there the whole time, but I pop in and out throughout the whole thing. Uh, I have another idea. How do you feel about this one? So, yeah. if you have a piece of animation that you've created or a piece of art that you've drawn or something like that, if you submit them. Uh, we'll try, uh, I'll talk to the editors to see if they, if they don't mind this, cause it is a little extra work for them. But, uh, at the end of every episode on the outro, we'll show your little animation clip or we'll show well, your art, 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 animation, whatever idea. it is. Uh, yeah. doesn't matter if you're, if your five-year-old creates animation on the tablet yeah. and you want to share that five-year-old's animation, please yeah. send that to us. Anything yeah. like that. And give us, give us the, Give us how it's to be credited, because I want to make sure that all proper credit is given to whoever creates what. And please submit your own art. I will use the internet, and I will find out if you're submitting somebody else's art. Please use your own art, if at all possible. That also that that brings up something else. I mean, one of the things that we that we've uh, and I know we've gotten completely off topic, and now we're just rambling. Yeah, fine. It's okay. It's the end of the episode. One of the things that we said right out of the outset about this show is you know we're having creators on we're having writers on we're having artists on uh we're having voice talent on and by the way we've got some a-listers on the way. heavy hitters um but i also we're we're having on uh one of our guests coming up is an animation professor someone who teaches animation and i want to have just fans on the show you know i, yeah, I absolutely. want to be a mix of everybody which you know because as much as how- that's as, how we have the animation conversation. Yeah, yeah, because as much as this show belongs to me and you, it belongs to them even more. It belongs to yeah. the people that are watching it even more because you guys will be directing and controlling the flow of what we do. You, whatever you want to hear us talk about, or that that's, that's what the goal is here. So uh, now that the beans are on the toast and we've spilled them off the toast, the final right. bite here will be uh, thank everybody for the continued support. I'm going to try to maybe work on some, maybe a merch store, maybe with some hats that have animation conversation on them or something like that soon. Uh, that's just something I've been mulling over. Maybe a, maybe a nice, uh, a Darby like that with, uh, uh, a fedora, sorry, with a, uh, with an animation conversation on it, logo on it or something for, for F to wear. But, uh, yeah, so be, be on the lookout for, for, for developments. Cause as we grow the show, uh, we're going to try to give you, you know, more content and things like that as, as we develop, develop through this, uh, maybe on our birthday, we might watch iron giant in discord oh, with awesome. people. I think that would be cool. Cause me yeah. and me and F are, uh, we share a birthday coming up soon. Yep, so, yep. uh, it's- 
Uh, you know what? It's I'm I'm gonna wrap my own end up by saying uh, everybody, it's a great time to love cartoons. So zigga zigga ah, party people. And there you go. You heard it from F. And this has been the animation conversation. And that brings us to the end of another incredible episode of Animation Conversation. We hope you enjoyed this animated adventure as much as we did. Remember, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through good old-fashioned email. We value your input and want to make Animation Conversation a podcast that resonates with animation lovers like you. Our Instagram and Twitter are at Animation Convo. Our YouTube is at Animation Conversation. Our email is theanimationconvo at gmail.com. Before we say our final goodbyes, we want to remind you to stay animated. Keep exploring, appreciating, and sharing the magic of animation with others. Let your imagination soar and let the world of animated wonders continue to inspire and captivate you. Thank you once again for joining us on this incredible journey. Until next time, this is Wubcake, signing off for Animation Conversation. Keep watching, keep dreaming, and keep the animation conversation alive. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.